and welcome to our podcast, The Ups and Downs of a Small Business Owner, where we hope to show you exactly what it's like to grow a business. So today I'm with Ed Neal, Yacht Master, Hydrographic survey, Surveyor, Business Owner, Unmanned Survey Vessel Operator. Is there anything else you'd use to describe yourself? Dad, I guess? Yeah, oh yeah, Dad, uh, just dog's body and doer of everything. Yeah. <laughs> And Not a very good answer, was it? I, yeah. I'd, I'd say most of that involves being being in water. It used to. Yeah, I, my, my career at sea started when I was 17. 17? So, yeah. So what made you go into that? Like, what made you want to... Cause, so me, I'm personally, I'm petrified of water, I'm petrified of the sea. What made you decide to go into... I've no idea. <laughs> a bit like life. No idea. Just follow it. I remember I... I wasn't very... I flunked my GCSEs. My, no, O-levels. Yeah. O-levels. When I was at school at Stantonbury and Milton Keynes. Okay. Wasn't particularly... I wasn't particularly good at exam, and I didn't do particularly well, so I stayed on an extra year at sixth form. Right. Because I got nothing else to do. Yeah. And I remember one day in the sixth form common room, this guy that I recognised from a few years up in school hierarchy in the classes had come in and he was talking about working on ships right and the company I think he worked for was Chevron you know the oil company yeah and I thought oh that sounds kind of cool I just you know in hindsight it resonated with me yeah I thought oh that sounds kind of cool so I started looking into it went to the General Council of British Shipping in London had an interview with them who put me in touch with a company called Gardeners which was an Irish coastal shipping company and said they've got a job do you want it right you're right then about a week or two before starting that well that was due to start and I had no idea about the sea and what seafaring was about not a clue I'd sailed dinghies and that was it but I did no idea about what it was like going to sea and then about a week beforehand before starting I got a call saying, oh, they're not taking anybody on now, but Texaco are looking for people. Do you want to go with Texaco? Yeah, then. (laughs) Still no idea. But that was very fortunate because, unbeknownst to me, the British shipping industry was in dire straits in the early 80s. So this was mid-81, mid-1981. And the whole shipping industry was in turmoil. And they were getting rid of a lot of people. They weren't taking, companies weren't taking on cadets and there was a lot of redundancies being made. But I think Texaco knew that they still needed to have people coming in to the industry. And they offered a position as what they called a, a, a supplementary training scheme or something like that. And basically, instead of starting as a cadet and being like a little mini officer in training, you started really at the bottom as a deck boy so you were working, you were painting, chipping, cleaning, maintaining the ship, tying it up, rope work, just being a, 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 a seaman while studying a correspondence course. Okay. Right. So I joined my first ship. In, so I went to Gravesend pre-sea training for three months. Absolutely hated it. Every <laughs> weekend I could get home, I came home. Talk about a fish out of water. You know, it was like dormitories lads 
you know, it, it was just hideous. I hated it. But I got through it. That was three months. In March 82, I joined my first ship in Trinidad, in Tobago and the Caribbean, a product tanker. Which, first trip to sea, was just like, wow, Caribbean, fantastic. That was a four-month trip. The first voyage was from Trinidad, where Texaco had a massive refinery. And we took a cargo down to Ecuador through the Panama Canal. So first trip, first voyage, Caribbean, through the Panama Canal, across the equator to Ecuador. So the ceremony across the equator, all sorts of crap thrown at you, you know, head shaved, just yeah, initiated by Neptune. So, you know, but that was a four-month trip. It was, it, was, it, was, it was very, very interesting and very enlightening. So that's how I accidentally got into a seafaring life. Okay. But, I mean, so when you're doing these trips and things like that, I guess, I don't know, Trinidad, is, are there, have you ever had any kind of really scary journeys where, you know, pirates or whatever it is that's happening come near you? A scary. Or, you know, the weather? I was on one ship... Well, a couple of things come to mind. We, I was on a 80,000-ton tanker going from Trinidad up to Philadelphia, just north of the Bahamas, and we were in a hurricane. Okay. That was interesting, you know, to see massive seas, and the power is, is, is incredible. Second time, which I think is probably the, the only time I've really, really been a bit fearful was on a survey ship because once I'd finished my career at sea, I did. I became third officer and I did, and I finished in the late 80s, I think. I left Texaco in the 80s and worked ashore briefly for six or eight months. Then I got into offshore survey, yeah. surveying the seabed as a navigator. So I was on a survey ship surveying off of it was sort of halfway between Iceland and Greenland and Newfoundland and. We had to go out and survey the seabed to reroute a subsea cable because the cable kept getting damaged. It was laid a little bit too tight on the seabed. Bottom currents made it strum and it just chafed and walked through. But we went out in, I think it was was either spring or autumn equinox, which is never a good time. So we're North Atlantic. I think think it was March, so the, the, the spring equinox. We left St... John's, Newfoundland, icebergs, what have you. Perfect weather. Absolutely beautiful. And then this tail end of a hurricane hit and we were thrown around for about three or four days. Captain came to us and said, we've got a little bit of a problem. Because I, I was, at the time, I wasn't the surveyor, I was the client rep. So I was representing the, no, I wasn't the client rep then, sorry. I was what they called the party chief. And that is not in charge of parties. Okay. That is running the survey crew. So although the captain's in overall command and in charge of the vessel, the party chief is in charge of the job, so to speak. So the captain came to me and said, uh, we've got a bit of a problem. We have been taken on water in the aft hold. So on the back of the ship was a big flat back ship there was a hatch and the water was getting in through this hatch uh, and it had been happening for a day or so and the engineers apparently been working on it wow and the water was sloshing around inside 
We've got about 150 tons of water in the, in the ship, and it was just carrying all sorts of stuff, bits of rope, right. wood, whatever was in this hold and not lashed down had just been bashed and crashed out. So it was like a soup, thick soup. And they couldn't pump the water out because it was so thick and nasty. It was blocking what they call the strum box, which is like a filter in front of the suction for the pump. So it basically blocked that. So what the captain and chief engineer had proposed was to drill holes in the engine room bulkhead, which is a watertight bulkhead, let the water come into the engine room bilge and pump it out with that. Now, as a seafarer and the client rep that was with me, the company we were working for as a, a master mariner, we said, there is no way you are going to drill holes in a watertight bulkhead to flood the engine room to see if you can pump it out. So what actually happened was we took a massive chance and turned the ship round and we headed three days down to the Azores. Right. Got to the Azores, lifted up this hatch, and when we watched them open the hatch, me and myself and the client rep were, were watching and we noticed they hadn't actually undone the, what they call the dogs, the, the, the bolts that hold the hatch shut. They just lifted it open. So I thought, that hatch wasn't actually battened down. When they lifted it up, you could see the scuppers, which are like the drains around, which make the seal. They were in poor shape. So that's why all the water got in in the first place. But when, when they opened the hatch, it was like a thick, grey, brown, mucky, sludgy soup that was in there. And there was all sorts of rubbish and what we call dunnage and just just crap, basically. And we had a number of tankers come onto the quay and suck all this stuff out. So that was, that was a pretty, I won't say scary time, but it was like a, if I can swear, oh, fuck, <laughs> <laughs> moment. Yeah. We were... I think we were three or four days out of Newfoundland and similar distance from the Azores. We pumped it out, we took all the rubbish out, tidied up, put the hatch down, made sure it was sealed this time, <laughs> and went back to site and finished the job. So, so there was no point that you kind of thought, we're not going to make it back, or, or we're going to be stuck out here? Or... I think... I think to, what, when you're, when you're in, a, in a storm, you hope to, so you head, head to weather and the ship's facing the weather, yeah. the waves. So you get up and down an awful, uh, you know, massive, massive seas. So the, the risk is turning the ship round. Yeah. Which you have to plan carefully between the waves, the big waves, at the best of times. But we had 150 tonnes of water on board that we shouldn't have had on. And when you have water in a ship, it reduces the stability because it, it raises the centre of gravity, the virtual centre of gravity, so it's more likely to roll and tip. And that's, that's what happened to the Heavily Free Enterprise, that ferry. Water got on the car deck, and it, it, it flipped it over. Wow. Yeah, so once we turned round, which was a bit of a hold-your-breath moment, I thought, OK, we're, we're out of this. We've got the seas behind us now, and we're running away from it. So you're fairly confident at that point. That yeah, I think after that moment, that right, we're we're out of this. We're we're, we're making progress. Because I think for me, like you always hear, you know, films and stuff like that. Ships always go wrong and things. So I just picture it always as being petrifying. But 
you've never really had any any point where you've you've been like that or you've been worried or I, I think that was probably the that's the one that comes to mind yeah yeah and you always think it's like when you're in a plane isn't it and you jump through two minutes, oh shit is this is, is, <laughs> but it's, it's too late at that it's, point. it's a bit late you, you, you've got to deal with the moment you deal with what you've you got deal what you've got to deal with yeah so fast forward a couple of years then you started your company mm-hmm. Geodesa why what what made you start that 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 was by accident okay I think I think my life's been a series of fortunate unplanned <laughs> I won't say accidents but opportunities so as I mentioned earlier I spent seven or eight years with Texaco I then went into offshore survey and that was from late 80s early 90s through till mid 90s perhaps as surveyor party chief so I did a lot of work offshore partying um, part- <laughs> yeah, there was some partying there was some party and then I became I worked as a freelance contractor as a client rep for a subsea cable company so specialised in subsea cables I were, I contracted for five years doing that which was fantastic fun travelling the world instead of being on a ship typically I was looking for nice sandy beaches <laughs> to bring cables up which you know somebody's got to do it but around 2000-ish when the internet bubble burst there were so many cables systems had been put in there was there was surplus capacity for what was needed so there's a bit of retraction in the industry i'd done it for five years i thought i've had a good time i've made some money do i want to go to not so nice parts of the world just to keep working and at the time an opportunity arose to Work, was it working telecoms or it's, uh, an opportunity arose to with a with a new company that was providing landlines i think it was around the time of deregulation of telecoms industry so a lot of startups and they used a multi-level marketing type model to sell their product at the same time one of the people i met there they introduced me to sim cards for mobile phones which were in their infancy. And these SIM cards, or the way they worked, avoided roaming charges. And as I saw, as I travelled a lot, I knew about roaming charges, I knew about the high costs. I thought, hmm, that's kind of interesting. I'll give that a, get that a go. So, yeah, I started selling these SIMs on eBay, one at a time, and manually boxing configuring them, them, boxing them up, and sending them out. So that's where it started. That's where it started, yeah. So how did you get from there to, I guess, you know, you've, you've almost got it really streamlined now and you're selling a lot more now. So it, it just naturally grew? Yeah, so it, it grew really quickly. It was like a classic hockey stick, you know, on your, your, your revenue. It was like, whoa, hold on tight. This was, this was awesome. It was just like, well, and I, it was purely chance. It wasn't planned, it just happened. And then one day, it was, it was a Thursday around about five o'clock, I can't remember the exact year, everything stopped. We were inundated with messages and support calls. 
my sim's not working, my sim's not working. So, oh, what's going on here then? So, quickly looked on the system and I can't remember exactly what I looked at, but it was clear that the, the telecoms provider was basically no longer there. So we were buying our product and our sims wholesale on the airtime from a supplier and transpires that they hadn't basically paid their phone bill to the underlying network. So the underlying network had given, didn't you notice, but they hadn't paid, so they switched it off. Just like having your phone cut off, but it was like cutting off a whole network, okay. a phone network. Almost cutting off your business. It did. My, instantly, like that, stopped. Everything stopped. Just like turning the lights out. It was, it was that instant and that quick, which again was a, an oh shit moment. Like, oh, now what do we do? You know, you've gone from this massive growth to, to absolutely nothing, to firefighting. You know, calls, emails, abuse, anger. It, you know, it was like full on. And people were just horrible. I guess people have got these sims on different devices they've got them different places in the world that suddenly yeah. they've yeah. lost access to them or they've yeah. lost visibility yeah so they're they're panicking because it's a lot of money on the line it potentially it, it, it's interesting people's character obviously they're projecting their now i know that they're projecting their anger and their fears at you and i get that but how it comes out you i say you have to have a tough skin my skin isn't that tough but for four or f about four or five months, we were continually firefighting, trying to appease people, hang on to customers. A lot of customers wanted refunds. So it was a massive hit on cash flow. One, there was none coming in, and we were given a lot of refunds because it was a prepaid system. So somebody puts a tenner on, they use it to make their calls, it runs out, they put another tenner on. So it was, a, it was a prepay model, which was great for cash flow. You know, there was no late payments, there was no... If you don't pay and if you run out of credit, you can't make calls. It's put brilliant model. Yeah. So for about four or five months, we, we managed that and hung on to about 60% of our customers. Because not everybody's traveling all the time. So, all, so a lot of the customers, they were only concerned with, is my credit going to be there next month or the month after? Or I'm not traveling for six months. Yeah, so we tried to reassure customers, look, we are doing our best to manage it. If you want a refund, you can have a refund, but we anticipate that the service will come back. We don't know when, but we anticipated that it will. Eventually, a company bought the system and the company that had gone, gone bust, and the system got switched back on. But it was never the same. Never the same again in terms of revenues, and speed of growth because in that four or five months it was like a feeding frenzy for other companies they just dived in and they would poach customers they would yeah and it was it was interesting to see how some businesses operate with I, I felt quite dirtily you know and with really low morals and that I, I'm not quite sure how I feel about that, but it was an eye-opener. You know, I, I try to be open, honest, and have integrity. But some of these people and these businesses, <clears throat> excuse me, if you knew what they were like, you would not want to do business with them.
but but the front is and their front looks great yeah 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 so so i guess that's possibly one of your darkest times in the business what goes uh, through your head like so during them four months what what makes you carry on do you not is there any point that you've just gone this is shit I can't do this yeah. they've wiped out my business they've wiped out everything I'm getting as you say you're probably not that thick skinned at the time like why do you carry on I don't know <laughs> yeah why did I carry on blind faith maybe I just believed that it would come back but I was reliant on somebody else buying this system I even did consider looking at can I buy the system? Is there some way I can put something together to buy it? I think perhaps because of the need to look after the customers, that was not necessarily a distraction, but it took my time up from thinking about the alternatives. And maybe it was, no, I've got to look after the customers. Maybe there's something in me that says, no, I, I, the way I want to be treated is how I need to treat the customers. Some of them could go and take a fly in because of, <laughs> of the way they were, right? But others, I think we saw all layers of personality coming out. You know, some people say, yeah, don't worry about it. Yeah, it's all right. No worries. Some didn't even bother contacting us. But others were... You know, they were just horrible. And, and, and what is interesting, throughout my, you know, my business career, there's certain things that, that seem to pop up each time. And quite often, it's the people that have got the least to lose are the, the most vociferous, the most angry, and just their personality... It's like, hang on a minute, that's a bit disproportionate. You know, and I think that says a lot about that individual. And and it's, it's not everyone, obviously, but I, I would definitely agree. It's people who could afford to lose whatever it is. Yeah. They're, they're the most upset, they're the most angry, whereas somebody could have their whole life on, on a boat and you've, you've sorted it for them and their whole life revolves around it, but they'd work with you, yeah. and they'd understand, yeah. and they'll, they, you know, you are a human, you're not just a, a bit of business. Yeah, and, it, and if you're open and honest with them, and, and that the person receiving that hears that, then there's nothing else you can do. If you are open and honest, you say, this is the situation, they, you know, they'll go, oh, okay, Fair enough, right? Let's work with that. Some, you know, we'll just sit back or we'll, can we do this? Can we do that? But if it's received in a different way, then they reflect that back on you. Exactly that. And so that, that's almost where you were at that time. Your partner, Sally. Yeah. Is she, what, what, did, did she say anything to you at the time? Did she? I think it was a really stressful time. And did that have any impact on her? Like, and again, you? Yeah. I mean, what 
so where I was, I was working at home. It started on, literally on the dining room table. So with, with, with such a stressful situation, that reflects onto the family and the you know, wife, kids. So yeah, it, it, was a, it was a really stressful time. And, uh, and, and how do you, so do you, did you try and keep the business and family separate or did it, it inevitably? I, 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 I thought I tried to keep every, everybody happy, but the cracks appear. You know, you can only spread yourself so thinly and a lot of time was spent on the business. Just trying to firefight, and yeah, I find that fascinating as well. Is how how people manage that because you've also got your personal life to live as well. And when you you're getting inundated with these emails, inundated with stress, and then you're trying to just be dad or be the husband or, or be at home and and wipe that from your mind, but it's almost impossible. Yeah, you. You, I quite often say that, I'm pulled up on that quite a lot, saying you, when I actually mean me. It's very difficult to be present. So, when you've got all this shit going on, I found it impossible to switch off. You know, kids would ask something, Sophie or George would ask something, Sally would ask something, yeah, yeah. And they'd say, you're not listening. And... Were you? I... <laughs> this is a, a, yeah, Sally would say, you're not listening. And I say, I am listening, I'm just not hearing it. Yeah, it's just yeah. not, there's just no space there for it to, it, to stick and it, to register. It, it's going in, but it's just... It's going, your, your, it literally is going one ear and out the other. And your brain's And the brain's just else. not, it's somewhere else. Absolutely. It, yeah. You can't retain it. And that was from four o'clock in the morning to midnight. Wow. Yeah. So, so I guess that was probably one of the toughest times in the business? Definitely, yeah. Okay, so kind of flipping that then and you mentioned like the incredible hockey stick growth yeah what does that feel like that's like just like just hang on <laughs> sort of, whoa where is this going this we're gonna be millionaires rodney <laughs> because that also comes with its own stress and its own chaos high growth yeah but it's a very different feeling oh absolutely because like Whoa! What do we what do we need to do to streamline this? You know, is like we, you know, like I say when, when when we sold or I sold the first sim on eBay, it was all manual. Okay, you ship an order with eBay, people still do it, but we'd have to provision the sim manually. You know, there was no we'd a little, then we had to build a website so they could top it up, and then we'd build the website so they could buy it. Now it's, the, the things with with the website it's not just a, an e-commerce you know system there's a lot of back-end systems that are talking to the telecoms provider you know you give me a tenner i've got to make sure that tenner goes on the sim and you can see it when you log into your account we've got to make sure that when we we say add 10 pounds we only add 10 pounds so there's all sorts of background checks going on it, it seems simple, but there's a lot of checks and things and processes that need to happen just to make sure that the system's stable and is robust. So, so is there any point that you're kind of panicking, thinking you need staff, you need help, you're on your own? or 
Not at that stage. I needed somebody to build a website, which I'm trying to think the first website was built. Yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was, yeah, we, we, we built a website, but of course it was just streamline these manual processes. So as, instead of me doing it 18 hours a day and all manually doing it, suddenly people could go online, buy, and all, all we needed to do was ship the order. And that, they said, well, this is easy. You know, it's, 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 it's streamlined it at that level. And all we need to do is, is process the orders. Just, just process. Yeah. Then, then I think the next phase was support. You know, the, the Sims worked on what they called a callback system. So you would, you would dial the number that you wanted, and that would get sent as a message. It's not, not an SMS message, but it's, it's what called a USSD message, which is a part of the signaling channel of the mobile networks. So it would send that to the server, which would then, because your caller ID was sent as well, the server knew who was making the call. It would call you back, you would answer, and the server would then connect you to the destination number, the number you dialed that had been sent, which is a bit of a, an odd way of working. You know, usually you pick up a phone, you dial, and away it goes. And, of course, we're deal dealing with, with roaming scenarios where people are having to put in country codes or they're in some weird back end of nowhere place. So all the you know, more and more support questions came in. And that was originally that was done by email. And you know, an email inbox soon fills up, and you just cannot keep pace with which email is which person and what problem they've got, and that then became an issue. So we looked at a ticketing system. We found a open source ticketing system which we integrated, which relieved things significantly because we could automated responses out you know you raise a ticket saying oh my my sim's not working or my phone's not working so the response yeah thanks for your your message we'll get back to you but have you tried this 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 and this because invariably there are a number of very common questions so that would semi-automate issues but even so sometimes there were deeper problems that we needed to dig into at a telecoms level that was just particular or peculiar to a particular country and try and work around that right so so you didn't you didn't again you're working these 18 hour days or you're working ridiculous hours or, or however it was going but you didn't didn't decide to get staff or didn't d decide to kind of expand internally it was more about how you can streamline, how you can automate it, how you can make it easier rather than just employing people to to answer the emails or answer the phone calls. Yeah, yeah. because it, whether that was in, intentional or, or driven by fear, I'll perhaps come back to that later, but my brief encounter with multi-level marketing, this particular model or the company they really pushed on passive residual income. So as a contractor, I'd exchanged my time for money. So if I didn't have any time, I couldn't earn any more money other than the day rate going up. And I couldn't work any more hours in a day. 
<coughs> so this idea of passive residual income, the seed was sown. I thought, oh, and that's why I quite like the telecoms side of things. Or it resonated. I thought, yeah, I can earn money while I sleep. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I like that idea. The problem is, building a business, you don't sleep. <laughs> no. <laughs> Add passive residual income, I think, is probably not so much of the passive, in hindsight. Maybe now, or at certain stages, but bloody hell, do you have to put the work in to get that passivity? Is that a word? So, but so it's not quite as you get advertised online, uh, go and get passive income, it's great, you do nothing, you get a load of money, Yeah, it's easy, actually, even yeah, then. Uh, where's the advert? I'll apply. <laughs> <laughs> even, even with you doing, quite literally, a passive residual income business. Yeah, you've got, you've got to build it, you've got to lay the foundations. Yeah. And it comes with all this stress as well. Yeah. So, okay, if you, if you could go back to you, or you're, you're having a conversation with yourself from 2004 when it started, what would you tell yourself? Go away and sail a boat. <laughs> it's, it's a Go and do easier. something else. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's, and I guess also on them boats is you're away, you've got a lot of time to think, a lot of time to, yeah, to yourself. Yeah, sometimes too much time. Which is dangerous. You, absolutely. You're, 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 you're fed, you're watered. On some ships, I even have my laundry done, <laughs> my bed made. Wow. Yeah. How, how do I do this then? Yeah, <laughs> how do you, yeah, yeah. So... What's been your biggest lesson? Biggest lesson is the thing. No, I'm trying to think how to how to phrase it. I think the biggest hindrance to growth is yourself. Okay, is myself. Let me rephrase that. The biggest hindrance and blockage to my growth and the business growth growth is was myself. Okay, so would you change that? Yeah. And how? How? Take every opportunity or? Well, it, it's, it's currently an ongoing practice exercise. So you'll be familiar with the NatWest Accelerator. Yeah. So when did we, when was I? That was 2019, I think. It, yeah, just before COVID, so it was before COVID, I or I think it was a year before, maybe 2018. 2018. 2018. Because I think we finished the year before COVID. Yeah. And so I think, yes, 2018. Yeah, so, so around 2018. So a year or three before that, I'm starting to think, there's something not right here. I, I'm, I'm not happy in what I'm doing. It's not growing. You know, I tried social media. I tried advertising. I tried, and it was... There had been a lot of other things that had happened that made me very cynical, cautious, and, and just not... Things weren't happening that I felt should be happening. And I tried all these different things that you're supposed to try to, 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 to grow your business. And I'd seen people start businesses at the same time as me that had 
the business had grown, they'd exited, sold, they'd started another one, they'd started another one, and I'm thinking, hang on a minute, what, what, why them and not me? You know, it's not fair. How come they, uh, that it's worked for them and it's not worked for me? So to cut a really, really long story short, I got a, an invite from, somehow I got on Semlep's email list. I don't know how or why, but at some point I'd obviously subscribe to something. And I got this email for a two-day business growth type thing. And I thought, oh, I'll give that a go. But it'd be another one of those rah-rah type businessy big it up things and on the morning I didn't I, I nearly didn't go but I thought what the hell gets me out of my shed free biscuits free tea can't complain can't complain that you know if that's all I get sorted you know and that was it was two days and it was free so I went along to this event event and there were probably, I'd say, 25-ish people there, mostly from the Milton Keynes area, some are a bit further afield. And the lady that was presenting... How did that go? I, I, I sat on a table. It was, it, what was interesting, it was mostly ladies. Okay. Women. La I don't know, yeah. Ladies, yeah. women, right, business owners, and there was a quarter of them were bloke, um, which, which, which I thought was great. It was fantastic. And I sat on this table of, of ladies... And it was really good banter. And the standing joke over the over the two days was, for me, I needed to get my mojo back, right? Right. Get my passion back because there was no passion in the business at all. It was just like it was just a weight around my neck, just a hindrance. Although it was paying the mortgage, putting food on the table, and allowing us to have holidays. But I, there was the, there was a disconnect. Right? I just wasn't wasn't happy so it was like yeah ed needs to you know the standard joke was ed needs to get his passion back but there was a lot of truth in that i think at one of the tea breaks i, I, I approached the, the the lady that was doing the that, that was running the the two-day event and I had a chat with her and she she also did nlp so i thought well give that a crack you know reprogram ahead so i saw her for a couple of couple of months worked on various things but something still didn't quite it just there was movement there was a shift but it it, it wasn't quite right there was there's still it still felt alien to be doing some of this stuff and it, it didn't feel like the business was was for me I wasn't suitable for it but I gave it a crack I started to think you know what the hell if, if you don't if you don't do something different nothing's going to change so then one of the ladies that was on the table I was on, she mentioned that West Accelerator. And I thought, oh, yeah, it's another one of these bloody business things. Right. Yeah, that, that was my oh, bloody business. Why is everyone so upbeat about business? I said, yeah, come along to the hub. And, that. and I thought, oh, God, they're going to flog me something and it's going to be all rah, 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 and woo, woo, woo. And she mentioned it a couple of times. And I thought, oh, OK, what I've got to lose, I'll go along. And then we went along and thought, yeah, OK, this looks kind of good, kind of cool. Yeah. Give it a go, you know, what have I got to lose? So I, I, I applied and I got on it for a cohort. And it was at some point in, and I was still very cynical. You know, you know, people, other business owners would stand up and they'd all be upbeat and all enthusiastic. And I think, yeah, you just wait. 
you you wait for 20 years and you'll be as cynical as I am. <laughs> right. Where do you get your motivation and energy from? Oh, it's because you've only just started. Yeah, I was like that. Just you wait. <laughs> okay. But then I, tried, I think it was about the July. I, I, there was, again, there was a shift, right? And I thought, do you know what? I think I've tried, in quotes, everything. So if everything isn't working, the only thing I haven't tried to, to figure is myself. Ah, so the only thing that's holding my business back is me. That, that was a bit of a, a tipping point, a eureka moment. So coincidentally, at, in the same cohort, was a mental health company we, we both know of. And they had, I think, three, four free sessions for current cohort people, business yep. owners. I thought, what have we got to lose? So I had four sessions, spoke about how I felt about business and the issues, issues, I don't know if that's the right, but yeah, issues, that's what, that was the word that came up, so that's the right word, isn't it? The issues that I had and the feelings I had. And again, there was another subtle shift. I thought, oh, there's something in this. There's something moving. So came to the end of the four freebies and... I said, well, that's, that's the end of your three sessions. What are you going to do, Ed? I went, do you know what? I'll pay for some more. So I paid for some more. And I started... Now, I, I do not write, okay? I, I'm not in touch... I wasn't in touch with my feelings. But I started... I won't call it a journal by any means. Because to me, a journal was, oh, today I did this. Today I did that. This was more of a... It was just more of a... Just blurting everything out onto paper. A brain dump absolutely just this is what i feel this is what's happening this is just, it's just like blah. and sometimes my fingers were just running away i could not tie quick enough and it was like my fingers were just like holy shit where's this stuff coming from right but it was it was cathartic it was just like just let it flow so i carried on with the journaling that that, that because that just purged a lot of crap out then, whilst I was still having these, 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 these sessions, again, something popped up on Facebook, a local one called her a therapist. I, I, I don't know the term, but something with this particular lady resonated. I thought, yeah, that, that looks kind of interesting. What have I got to lose? I'll give it a go. <laughs> Which is a common <laughs> the theme the way that through. keeps coming up. So I went and had some really deep sessions with this, this this lady, which were a bit weird. But I went in, I thought, I said to her, look, I do not want, I don't know what's going to happen. I know it's going to be emotional, but let's 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 see how it goes. Let's go with it. So I did. And again, that purged a lot of stuff out. I thought, geez, I'm carrying a lot of crap, All right? But. I felt lighter. I thought, oh, there's something really shifting here. So then where did it go? So I didn't get back on the, the, the following NatWest programme. As in you didn't want to? Or no, I, I applied, but I was, I, I, I was unsuccessful because of, I think there was an administration matter. Right. I don't think I had a bank account with them. <laughs> it, was we, some, it was something like that. We, we did exactly the same and opened a metal account. Yeah. And then actually we were advised it, it wasn't 
right. Yeah. There, there was nothing they could do for us anymore yeah. at that time. So Yeah, so after... So, so I, I'd, I'd started to understand a bit more about how your, your beliefs and your head can limit you and fuck you up. And, and <laughs> I think as a, almost as a bloke, you don't oh, show absolutely. your feelings. Yeah, yeah. And I'll come back to another question I've got on that, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. so that then, yeah, so that I was thinking, I, I'd started to understand, well, not understand, but see that, oh, okay, my thoughts of, yeah, the thing that's holding me back is me. Right, it's nobody else, it's me. I started to get into some of this stuff, meditation, the journaling, gratitude, notes each night. And there, was, there were these subtle shifts. And then, I'm trying to think. The, the, the next key point, and the next key stage was, when I'd worked with this, this, this particular age, what, 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 what's the, how do you see the future? What do you want to do? You know, well, I want to sail across the Atlantic in a boat. Right? Um, so to achieve that, I, I can't be doing support 24-7. I can't be posting orders. I can't do that. So she said, well, why don't you employ somebody? And that was like, oh, no, I, oh, I, don't, know, I don't know about that. I, I know that. I, and that was clearly, I, I could recognize then, oh, there's something there that's stopping me doing that, which was a, a fear-based belief. So we sort of worked through that, and I ummed and I thought, oh, God, you God. Anyway, I thought, how, how am I going to employ somebody? I don't want to jump in feet first. I want to dip my toe in the water, you know, cautious approach. Maybe I should have just jumped in feet first, but, but I didn't. Right? And I started to believe what, what the universe will present is what you need at the time, if you put out that energy. So I thought, how am I going to advertise for this suitable person? So I thought about it, well, I could do LinkedIn, I could do something online, I could go to recruitment agencies, I could, there were all these things, and I thought, well, do you know what, why don't I just ask in the pool of people that I, that I know? So on the NatWest group, <clears throat> on the Facebook group, I just put a post up saying, look, I'm looking for somebody to help out, does anybody know anyone? Within 10 minutes, this guard came back to us. I thought, oh. That's a bit quick, sort of like eh, eh, alarm bells, bit quick. But no, hey, you know, I put it out there and the universe delivered that quickly. Okay, right. So we met up. He was, a, he was another NatWest cohort guy. So we had a chat. I thought, yeah, he, he seems all right. Seems cool. Yeah. So I went for a run, thought about it for a couple of days because one of my other things was journaling. I had to go for a run across the fields, out in the middle of nowhere, shouting and just venting. Right? <laughs> if anyone could hear me, I must have scared the wildlife witness. <laughs> right? oh, good job those around, I got arrested. There's a nutter running around, <laughs> running around just, the lake, shouting. Just screaming just at screaming, everything. Just screaming at everything. Anything that came up, right, what are we going to yell about today? And it would, <laughs> it would come up, right? It was just, but it comes come back, I'd be buzzing. Got, I've offloaded, it's fantastic. So I went for a run, I thought about it, and I thought, oh God, I thought, no. Do you know what? What has happened, is this has come forward for a reason. So I had a chat with this guy. He didn't need full-time commitment. He wanted something that was a bit flexible because he was building his business. And I thought, do you know what? This, this could actually work. So we went, went in with it 
completely open eyes and yeah I need we needed to write an ops manual so we wrote that together so it was great because he was learning the processes so I needed an ops manual so that I could have an ops manual for when I you know was away or stepped back so that was a good learning process for him and for me and we created this document but with about two weeks of starting I remember having this phone conversation with him and said oh I'm uh, I'm, I'm, I'm out this afternoon I'm seeing oh, I've got a uh, not a therapy session, but I've, just, I've, I've got a session with such and such. Okay, so, so what's that about? I thought, oh, I'm going to have to open up here. So I opened up and said, yeah, and I've, I've done this, and I've done some meditating, and, da, 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 and boom, he, he got it straight away. He said, oh, yeah, I've been doing stuff like that. He said, yeah, da, 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 and he mentioned this men's group. I thought, okay, that sounds kind of interesting. So I said, tell us about this men's group. Oh, this blah, 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 blah. Okay, all right, yeah. So said, can you introduce us to this guy? So I said, yeah, then. So he introduced us. I had a chat with this, this, this guy that runs these men's group. And I thought, well, that sounds kind of interesting. I'll give it a go. What have I got to lose? And again, it was, so there's, so there's this step-by-step process of coincidences and just slowly opening up and getting to understand yourself. And self-belief and dealing with the crap that 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 I and and men have to deal with started to just fall away I think there's a lot to this shit (laughs) (laughs) It's, it's, it's good swag yeah so that was my first if you like employee yeah I guess you're quite lucky in that aspect that it did work because um, a lot that... Is it luck? <laughs> you, you create your own luck, right? And if you put out an energy, right, an intent, and that is genuine, it will it will deliver. The universe will deliver. So, so I, I again, I I use the formula, and I've heard it many times. But luck is when opportunity meets preparation, or preparation meets opportunity. So, yeah, yeah, or, or or you're in a or your mind, your your mindset can see it because there's there's opportunity everywhere, but if you're not attuned to it, you're not going to see it, or, or you're not prepared for it. You're not prepared. Yeah, prepared. So, you're pre- yeah, prepared's really broad, isn't it? Yeah, whether yeah. you're physically prepared, you've got to be mentally prepared, yeah. and you've actually got to see that opportunity. Yeah, yeah, and so, and have the the trust and belief that. Whatever you do, it will turn out right. Because if it's not the right decision, then you will find a different course. Exactly that. So I think actually in all of that, what stuck with me, and I, I guess I'm, I'm quite lucky I've got a business partner, but you're running this business on your own. Business is an incredibly lonely place mm. because, again... You know, you've got your family, but you don't want to keep boring them or, or whatever. You've you've run this business for twenty years. It, it gets incredibly lonely. How? What? What would you say to someone who, or to yourself, in that stage? Actually, you did these therapy sessions. You did these different things, which helped you a lot. So, how is that kind of what you you tell people to go and do? Is actually just go and try that or and and what what pulled you out of that as well because something as you say resonated with you 
them times. At those points, yeah. Because some people don't get pulled out of that. Yeah, I, 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 I don't know what... It's, it's an interesting question because it's a bit like a thought. It just comes up from nowhere. So you could ask yourself, well, why did that thought come up? What triggered it? And that, that's quite a deep question. You think, well, why did that thought happen? Right? You know, your, your subconscious presented it. It let that out for some reason. So there must have been somehow, there must have been a trigger for it. Like I said earlier, I think the, the, the biggest limitation is yourself. And the the other the other sentence that has literally just just come up that I quite often refer back to internally is everything that has ever happened to you is your fault, right? Whether it's good, bad, whatever, it is your fault. You might not have had any control about it. Or there might have been decisions that you you can always decide, right? It might be a really difficult decision, but you have that choice, right? It is your choice. Your life is your fault. So where you are now at this very moment is your fault. Now you can look at fault in a the, the word fault in a negative sense, but. You could say it is your cause. Not not no, cause because means that it projects it forward, doesn't it? it? Fault is actually the right word, I think. I agree. But how you how you interpret that is 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 up to you. You know, you decide how you interpret that. So if you take if you interpret that as fault as a negative, like you know your parents, you say, "Oh, it's your fault that that you 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 got wet because you didn't put your coat on when you went out in the rain." Yeah, that's a negative, but. If you, if you look at it on a positive side, point of perspective, you go, do you know what? Yeah, it is my fault. And, and you have to 100% accept it. And once you've accepted that, you can then move forward. But until you acknowledge 100% that your life is your fault and where you are now is your fault, you're going to always come across that resistance and, and, and even now you know the work I've done on myself and it's still ongoing is you think I can't you know I, I you get a, you get a, an arsy customer or something doesn't happen your way or you get angry at something and no that's my fault that's how I'm dealing with it you can deal with everything how you choose to but you need to be in a state of mind where you can in a way detach yourself from your thoughts you, you have to do because your thoughts aren't you you, know, you need to be able to observe your thought get, get into a place to observe your thoughts now I might be saying stuff here that is completely out there for some people right? <laughs> to those people I say accept that you are your fault and go and get your head sorted right? because if, once you get your head sorted things just happen I, yeah? I'd completely agree with that and then, so, so it's almost hold yourself accountable. I like the word accountable, obviously. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But so that, that's, that, that's, that's interesting. That still has a little bit of a, oh, that, that triggers me a bit. 
Right. And, that, uh, and that's something I'm you know, accountable. Setting goals. Oh, no, I don't like setting goals. Well, because that makes you accountable. Yeah. And that's been a thing of mine for a long, long time. Don't want goals because if you've got a goal and you don't reach it, you've failed or I failed. Right. And to me, that is a, that's something deeper rooted that, that, you know, I need to deal with, obviously. I mean, it could go right back to when you did your O-levels and stuff. Oh, even before then. Before, it'll go back to, yeah. Childhood. Childhood and before then. Right. Yeah. So, because I, I, I always say, like, again, it, yes, you keep putting yourself at fault. It's your fault you're there. But if you have somebody keeping you accountable to keep on track to where you want to be, and I, I would say goals, yeah, you can say you want to hit something at this point, but is that fair to yourself? Is that possible? And almost try and open up the goals more to I want to, I want to double in size or I want to do, get to here but you don't have to put time blocks on it and then having somebody to kind of hold you accountable and just to bring that back to you and is that still what you want to do is that still where you want to go because that's what you said last month yeah goals will move Um, yeah and and absolutely they they're always changing so it's and there's nothing wrong with that that that's what i'm starting to learn If, if you you know i might set a goal right i want to double my turnover and i've done that i have set goals like that for four or five years and I've, they've not happened so what I'm feeling is you know what that's that's not on my path it's okay. not happening because it's not meant to happen so going back to that who's holding you accountable I other than myself the men's group that I belong to okay that that's good it's, it's not a business group it is just I think there's uh, there's 12 of us this 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 cohort and yeah it's just fully open honest i mean that's uh, incredible it is it's amazing yeah and and having that support from from other men is is freeing do you know what i mean yeah yeah it's it's strange like yeah it's it, it, in a way <clears throat> in a way it's alien because we're not used to it. As men, we, we're not used to it. We don't do it. We hide everything. Exactly. You know, yeah. If you yeah. show emotion, it's weak or it's... Mm. Well, actually, it's a strength. Yeah. Because if, 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 if I, you, are strong enough to show that emotion, then that is... And that's your truth. And, and to ride it. Yeah. 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 I would completely agree with that. So, kind of, kind of going a bit more just about you... What motivates you? Why why do you get up out of bed and do what you do during them twenty years, during them all of that time? What what is your reason? I don't know. Not now. Okay. No, I'm I'm just in a place where I've I, I've we in this men's group we 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 worked on purpose. What is your purpose? Because people talk about purpose. You know, with this in the men's group, always, it's it's just out there. Everyone says, "Oh, you you you've got to have a purpose." Well, what if you don't have a purpose? What if your purpose in life is not to have a purpose, but just to go with the flow, and just just ride it, ride life like a wave. Just just get there. Just get there. Just enjoy the journey. Enjoy the voyage. 
the voyage, not right. the journey. Because you can be so... Okay, some people... Are, I, look, I look, I still do, I think, geez, you're lucky. You know what your purpose is. Right, let's, let's just say, you, your, let's just, yep. your purpose is to be an accountant you know, until you retire <laughs> and have umpteen customers with certain... You know, you know your purpose is to, is to count things. Right. Right? right? Yep. Your purpose is to count, right? Yeah. I still have a degree of envy, not jealousy, envy, that some people know what their purpose is. Because you think, well, why, why can't I be like that? But then I'm trying to measure myself against that other person. And I'm, I'm letting that go. Now, for some people, that might sound a bit, well, you, you've got to know where you're going. You've, you've, got to, you've got to have a purpose. Yeah, everyone's got a purpose. It's just some people don't find it. Or they just, their purpose is to just go with the flow. And it... If I look back over my, let's say my career, I've never really felt that I've yeah I want to get there. No. Right? It's it's just yeah it's like it's not a goal. It's like yeah that's what I want to be or that's what I want to do. And it it just I just think I'm I'm still looking for my purpose unless my purpose just happens to be sat here now. <laughs> Talking a load of bollocks. Yeah. Right? <laughs> and, it, and, it, and again, and I've heard it on, on podcasts on the radio. Well, if somebody get, if one person gets one thing out of this, then, hey, I've served. Right? And I think we can overthink stuff a lot. I've got to have a purpose. I've got to have a goal. I've got to do this. But, but what if it, you, you don't actually need it? If you're content where you are, but you're still growing, then... And you're happy, and you're okay. We're all going to have ups and downs, but if you're in a place where you can deal with it, or you go, do you know what? I'm feeling shit today, but hey, that's fine, because tomorrow I won't, or the day after I won't, because for the last three weeks I've felt bloody awesome. So hey, you can't have ups and downs. You can't have all ups. There's got no, to be you downs. You have to have the downs. To you got get, the yeah. downs to get, and and every down is a lesson. And if you go, hmm, why do I feel crap today? Oh yeah. Oh uh, yeah, because I stuffed myself with chocolate last night, or <laughs> I drunk too much. That's or... a daily occurrence for me. Is it <laughs> the chocolate? Yeah, <laughs> the chocolate. Yeah, sedating yourself with chocolate. Yeah, what's, what's that? What's that all about? Yeah. See, so, where was I going with that? There was. You just mentioned something in it. Chocolate. It was no. Chocolate. It's it's finding you're enough. Yeah, enough. I use yeah, the word enough. Uh, enough. Oh fuck! Yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah, enough. <laughs> so it's, yeah, have I got enough? Am I enough? It's it's almost like once you find you're enough, you you can be content yeah. as well. And and I, I sometimes get jealous or envious, as you say. Like when when I see people who have hit their enough, and I'm still hungry for more. I'm still desperate to get to this point. But people are here and they found they're enough, or they're, they're you know they're out there they're enough, and that that's. Again, what I compare with a lot of people is, well, when when do I hit mine? Yeah. Or what is enough? What is enough for me to be content and happy? And that's, I, I think that that is very similar, kind of. Yeah, but 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 you're enough now, in the present. Yeah. So it's yeah, it's it's getting that enough at any given point. Yeah. Okay. So that's that's who has been your biggest influence on your life? Oh God. 
<laughs> or, or, yeah, I think actually when you've, you've said everything is just been opportunities that you've kind of gone with and things like that. So, so it's not necessarily following anyone or, or looking at no. anybody else's paths or anything. Not really. But has anybody pushed push you to be where you are or to, to, to change anything, do you think? No. <laughs> I mean, it's a cliche you say, yeah, my dad. Yeah, always. But I, I don't know. And I'm just, I'm just trying to think. I'm not trying to think it's so I'm trying to feel it through and just feel like who's been influential. Obviously, your parents are influential, but that's not like a. Like a mental for me, it wasn't a conscious, conscious thing. Yeah. Because you know, your parents shape you, whether you know it or not. Because your, your character is, you know, is is, is part of them. Because that's, that's who you learn from, consciously and subconsciously. I'm going to okay. have to think about that. <laughs> okay. Who who I'll, is? Yeah. I'll who's, let you come back to me. Because you can one. have, uh, yeah, Richard Branson, Stephen Bartlett. Yeah. But, but I'd just be saying that because you go and go. Oh yeah. Oh, I do. I admire what they've done. Oh, I acknowledge what they've done. But they haven't changed anything. They haven't for changed you. anything it's I've not, done. It's not affected you. No. Okay. So going back to family teach you what to do and things like that so you're you've got a business yeah anyone else in your family started a business yeah so going back so my dad ran a toy shop Neil's Toys right in Milton Keynes city centre until 20 years ago perhaps longer than that ago that was in Bletchley that was started by his parents so my grandparents my great grandfather I think he had like a hardware store in London. Okay. And in fact, just the other day, I picked up off my mum frame with a load of photos in of, of all the shops that they'd had. And one was on Brewer Street in London. I think Brewer Street is in Soho. And there was a picture of the front of the shop, 51 Brewer Street. And we looked it up just the other day. My wife, Sally, looked it up just the other day. And it, it's still the same shop front. Wow. And, it, and it's still a hardware store. Wow. I think whoa that is weird so I, I maybe we'll have a day out and we'll take that photograph and we'll go to that shop and go do you recognize that that was <laughs> this is my what would, that, what would that be that would be my great great grandfather right yeah wow. great or great great grandfather yeah so so yeah so it's a it's chain of shopkeepers and then sophie my daughter she runs her own social media and a lot of blogging company and a lot of and blogging and stuff yeah. I have to say I follow her I followed her for a while because it's all about food which is something close to most people's hearts but it's perhaps yours just more chocolate features. <laughs> yeah yeah. I, I want more desserts on more de dessert yeah I, it, I'm a are you a dessert or a, a starter person I, I would I mean I, I take the take all three but Equally, I would personally choose dessert. Absolutely, every time. yeah. I would, I would just do desserts if I could have a, a main and a dessert starter, main and dessert as desserts. That'd be me. I'd, like, yeah. I'd sometimes even skip the main and just go for the dessert. desserts. Yeah, yeah. So, do you think it had an impact on you to start a business because you've seen people could do it, could run their own businesses? And again, Sophie, did she, she saw that you could have a business because. Starting a business is scary. 
like you it's going into the unknown and having no idea what you're doing but but blagging it the whole way through yeah did that have an impact on you and do you think that had an impact on sophie that gave her the confidence to do that I don't know. I think what what came up then for me, and it was just a spotlight. When these thoughts, boop, it came up, was when I started my business. I think it was the idea of having control and money, and being able to retire early. Ha ha ha! <laughs> so, so that's I, gone well. I then. wish. <laughs> <laughs> I set a goal to retire at forty-five. Don't remind Sally. I guess it's in the blood. It's in the genes, isn't it? And there's, yeah, maybe maybe that's what gave Sophie the. I don't know. I've never asked her. Right. Yeah. I've never asked her. And and that she probably it is probably more subliminal than actual. It, yeah. I, yeah. I would say you know my dad had his own worked on a farm, family farm and things like that. My mum had her own thing going on. So so I was always going wanted to. It do was something. just there, wasn't it? Yeah. And yeah. It wasn't as scary as what I guess other people find it. Yeah. It, to me, it was just. Well, why not? That, that's what it. it that, that was your it reality. Sounds, it sounds exciting. Yeah. So, and then and then going to being like a dad. So you, so Sophie started her business. She, she openly said that she had some difficult times in the last six months. Yeah. What do you do at that point? How do you feel? Like, did did you were you aware? We 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 became aware before that she had some anxiety panic attacks so uh, that was was the first few times that we had realized it or it became apparent but we i I think it coincides with the work i've done on myself is if you if you can acknowledge it and you can say you know i need help like say if you've got a broken leg you go and get help get that fixed so to I, i was really comfortable and happy that sophie was able to say this is the situation and take the necessary course of action and to, and to talk about yeah. it and and when she stepped back from the social media i think fantastic good for you yeah and more people should do that because I, I think social media is it's a massive double-edged sword I completely and i think agree. it's a it's, it's an interesting question is is there more mental health issues or are there more mental health issues with <laughs> very old here the younger generation now because of social media i think there is because i know when i'm falling into that doom scrolling looking at your social media post david <laughs> you know it's it's like you you're feeding the you're feeding the beast you know you're pumping this stuff in but you're also absorbing all this other and a lot of it is crap right and other people's opinions and and as I said right at the start, people are nasty, and they use social media to project their issues right onto you. Now, how you receive that, and it's not about having a thick skin. It's, and this is something I'm working on: is how do I figure out what, why that triggers me, right? If, uh, and one of my things is figure my trigger, right? Is why is it if somebody says something to me, I then ruminate over it for a day or it gets to me? You know, a customer will say something like, you're not getting a penny out of me for that overdue invoice. It's like, whoa, and I, which happened two days ago. And I'm thinking, whoa, what? Oh, you, you, 
you take you, it personally. You, yeah. So I'm thinking, why am I taking that? But it's, yeah, it's, it's not about me. Okay, yeah, it's not about me personally, and it's not about my business. That comment was made by that individual because they have the issue. Right? So they need to go and get their head sorted. They might not acknowledge it, but, mate, you need to go and get your head sorted. Right? <laughs> so, yeah, when, when somebody says, I'm taking a break, it's like, good for you, yeah. good on you. And I think a, a big problem with social media is everybody everybody puts how great they are on there or how great things are going for them yeah. yeah you never really see people who are having it tough yeah and if you do see that you can't help but kind of go oh we're better than them or i'm doing better than them or and, and you almost kind of you try and not necessarily do it but you, you almost put people down to, to work out where you are yeah, I guess, in, yeah, when somebody, it, I think it depends on us, the individuals, like you and me, how you interpret that, how you receive that. If somebody yeah. says, like, I'm feeling shit today, part of you goes, yeah, well, we all have shit days, mate. Yeah. You know, it's not like, what we should be saying, what do you need? Yeah. You know, what, what do you need? Is there anything I can do? Yeah. Just to make you... Not feel as shit. Yeah. And I think also social media has made us more aware, or the internet has definitely made us more aware of everything. So feelings and things like that. Actually, yeah. people have anxiety. It is a natural thing. But it's almost too too open that everybody is now aware of it. And then some people kind of sit on that too much sometimes or yeah I, I wonder whether sometimes and this is a real just like general yeah. rhetorically yeah. type I wonder if if okay anxiety does exist there's no doubt about it but I wonder whether sometimes it's a opportunity for somebody to 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 not label themselves with it, but say, oh, I have anxiety. This is why yeah. I'm like I am. And it's it's like, you know, the colour of it's, my hair is this, that's it. Yeah. Yes, there is anxiety, but should it... I don't know how to, to phrase it, but should it be... It's a really difficult conversation, mental health as it well. Is, because yeah, and we, we know it's somebody that could really help with that. But, yeah, it's, it's like... It's, it, it's definitely more common. Is it more common, though, because people are more open to sharing it it's all okay you can say it's, I mean I think back when I was a kid yeah shit there were some anxious times for me right and I was fearful of, of saying anything or asking for because it was weak I was embarrassed I'd cry Wh whatever it was I didn't open up and I know sometimes when I when things got too much you know I'd break down in tears and it was like mum and dad like oh what's the matter what's the matter and it, but that is is the fact that people will share and say, yeah, I have anxiety or I have mental health issues or whatever it is. That, that's I think that's got probably got to be, in general, that's got to be a good thing because people are being open. Yeah. And if they have that, they're being honest um, and they're showing their true selves, yeah. which is a good thing because so many people do not show their true self. No. So they're holding themselves back, which is a cause of anxiety themselves. Because if you're, if you're trying to, 
Hide present it. this persona that isn't you at some point in your life that that persona will just explode yeah right? and not in a nice way or or you you almost drive yourself down a rabbit hole and disappear exactly yeah yeah and some of those some of those rabbit holes are awful you know suicide and abuse drug abuse drink abuse whatever it might be yeah D- depression depression like, i mean yeah. as you say you lost your mojo you almost kind of were going down a route like not no nowhere near as extreme as any of that but you you weren't happy there, there was depression yeah there was depression and think what where 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 the hell do i go yeah you know what 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 hap- what what's going on where do i go how do i get out of this and, and when when you ask those questions yourself and again where does that little thought come from to change that that path of yeah. of thought you know what is it that triggers that little that that thought in that moment to make you ask that question yeah and finding and again having them people that advertise to you you know the therapy the things like that the opportunity to do their mental health yeah. things for free because you thought why not actually some people don't have that so yeah i mean it's it's a huge rabbit hole i won't go into it too much more now so is there anything else that you think i've missed in in terms of business in, in terms of your business your journey or your voyage sorry voyage <laughs> yeah i correct everybody i do not like the word journey voyage because i relate to that I yeah. it was ships you know yeah. and then you've missed well you don't know what you've missed you don't you, you can't miss what you don't know do you don't you? know what um, you don't know yeah you don't know what you don't know i th- I, th- I think we've covered a lot of stuff there were there were there were two other no one t- there was another occasion where the business took a had a massive challenge that was february this year right. a, a year ago one of our in fact the supplier that bought out that company that went bust oh. years and years ago they sold the business about four or five years ago to a, a large, much larger company. And then a year ago, February, so February 20, oh no, we're 22, so February 21, they said, we're shutting everything down in a year's time. Right. And we, fortunately, we had time to manage it, you know, manage the shutdown of a lot of similar. We, again, we looked at buying the system, transferring the the numbers transferring the, there's a lot of technical stuff but they they just did not want to play ball for whatever reason they said no we're shutting it down that that part of the business that bought that we relied on but that that was a pay-as-you-go model and prior to that i had started to think we need a subscription-based model and i remember one of the very early conversations that i had with the guy that works for us where where do we want to be how can we stream on it? Because you know he's 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 a friend. He's got his own business. We can have some really deep conversations. So we we sat down and dare I say it, we sort of had some goals. Right, <laughs> right. We set some goals. Set some goals. I, I, I like to use the word intention. Okay. Because right? intention it sits with me better, right? <laughs> but I think it just resonates a bit bit nicer. It's not as fixed because I know that goals will move. So you know a goal on a on a football field doesn't move, does it? No. If you want an intention of to get the ball in it, it wherever that goal is, it, it'll go in. And one of those things was was moved to a subscription-based model. 
So we started putting in place a new, a new product that, again, just happened to come along. It presented itself. It was an out-of-the-blue email from somebody from a major network. And I thought, yeah, why not? Give it a go. <laughs> I, need an, I need another, because that was after our business was shut down, I, I said to myself, I do not want to be wholly reliant on one provider, one supplier. So even if one goes, at least I've still got an income. Yeah. And at worst, we can swap sims out and say, look, hey, you know, have another, have a, have a different one. People still moan, oh, it's a different number, it's this, but but here, it, it's something else we can do. So, yeah, we wanted to go to a subscription-based model, and lo and behold, one of our suppliers, the universe, if you like, said, hey, we're going to shut your pay-as-you-go system down in a year's time, which they did, okay. and we just we just managed it. Yeah, again, there were customers that were pissed off, and again, those that had got the least to lose with the most vociferous. We've got some big customers that had got hundreds of sims out spread all over Ireland, the UK, that were in remote locations, in vehicles, that they just could not swap out. They just, I won't say they, they did, they accepted it. It was a pain in the arse for them and it was a bigger pain in the arse for us having nearly 4,000 customers affected. Right. The, the bigger customers, they went, yeah, that's shit. How are we going to deal with it? But how do you overcome it? Joe Bloggs, who literally got one pound fifty, you know, with furious. Oh, jeez, you'd kick off. Go and get your head sorted, mate. You know? but, <laughs> but I think actually, you'd already prepared for that. You'd already yeah. managed that. You'd yeah. We we were ready months in advance. So, yeah, we'd got this. We'd done our mind maps. We got well, we've got to do this. We're going to manage that, and we were waiting. Yeah. First of February was switch off. We were come on in boys, you know, bring it on, we're ready. Yeah. Which is very different to the last Absolutely. Time. Yeah, we were ready. And in a way I was I, I'd said, you know, the guy who works for us said, We're gonna get a load of shit. We're gonna get a load of verbal. Right. You know, we we really are. And we did. And some of it hurt. But again there's a lesson in that, you know, try and distance sort your head out so that you can you can deal with it which is an ongoing process it's, it, stuff still hurts but you know but you're managing it better oh yeah 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 good yeah you can run around a field and shout <laughs> <laughs> just just run around screaming absolutely yeah but make sure it's somewhere remote remote yeah like in the middle of an ocean yeah. <laughs> well, on, I'm a piece there on a boat I'm, I'm a piece there yeah that's good. my place yeah okay brilliant well I think I'll wrap it up yep so thank you. Thank you for your time. No problem. If you've enjoyed listening to our podcast, please like and follow and make sure to tag us on social media.